Welcome to FNG One, a new guy's guide to Formula One and the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck, and with with me as always is Sean. Hey, with always is Sean. That's a five second penalty. <laughs> it's a five second penalty for flubbing the intro. Yes, I would. By the by, Unsafe the way, this intro. season has going been going for me on all of the cut intros where I <laughs> totally screwed it up. Uh, I've been lapped three times on penalties one. alone. We are joining y'all after the Austrian Grand Prix. This is our third back-to-back-to-back episode after being in Austria twice in a row at the Red Bull Ring. Things continue to be awesome from my perspective in Formula One. Do you agree, Sean? Uh, For you, yes, things are (laughs) awesome. Uh, I really don't think you could ask for much more. I think you could ask for more. This weekend, you could probably ask for more. Uh, as, As a Red Bull fan... Obviously, Max getting his third win in a row and Red Bull's fifth win in a row was was yeah, good times. Right. I think I think for you and this is like kind of a first for you and all of or most of our viewership. You got to see a completely full track with fans. That's true. So the, is that the first time I've seen that? I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, because they were commenting so. that during the post-race interviews, the uh, guys being interviewed couldn't hear the questions because there was crowd mm-hmm. noise, but they were still doing that microphone on a stick from 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think it was Lando couldn't hear anything that was being asked to him. <laughs> but That's yeah, funny. cool race. Ex- from the Max Verstappen perspective, even more boring than the previous one. Like, yeah, they didn't show Max him is, at all. He's playing yeah. his own game. They did show him when he, he did the late pit That's stop. That's true. That was the to only excitement. back the uh, fastest lap. Well, they also had a cut on his tire. Oh, did he? Oh, I'm glad we prevented another explosive failure. <laughs> that That's exactly what they wanted to look at, and he had a gash in the rear tire again. So Cool, cool. That would have been a hilarious end to, like, his stellar weekend. <laughs> yeah, to just to go spinning off into the grass somewhere, <laughs> kick his tire again. But on the other side of Red Bull, things were adventurous to say, to put it very generously for my boy Checo. I'd sure yeah, love to eventful. get your thoughts on the well, matter. <laughs> Checo, Checo had started in the race. My mind was already wrapping around Checo being my sympathetic figure for the week. <laughs> I was really feeling for it. Sweet irony. I thought he got, he got screwed with that. That And, and uh, we'll, we'll get back to the whether that's a penalty or not. But that was a pretty aggressive takedown on him. And I felt... Yeah, whereas I can say that the announcers did not seem to feel for him. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest, uh, con- not controversy, but talking point coming out of the weekend. Um you know, all the anything that I've followed and checked in on and, and different journalists. There's a bunch of different opinions. Pre, um, previous drivers have different to clar- opinions. To clarify what um, we're talking about for people who missed the race or just uh, there were a lot of goings on. We're talking about the first of many incidents where a driver was driven off the road by someone else into the gravel. The first one being when Checo was trying to pass Lando Norris to get into second place. This was on lap one, yeah, right? Yeah, on the outside. Uh, it, was, it was coming out of the safety car. Oh, okay. It was lap three. Because remember, as, uh, we had a safety car on lap one from Ocon getting oh, his front Oh, I guess I'm confused because later Lando apologized to his team for lap one. Yeah, they, they kind of mixed it up. They were calling it lap one. It was really the first full lap. But yeah, it was, it was on lap three, I okay. think. Well, so... Checo made an aggressive move to the outside to yep. to pass him. Uh, was afforded little room. Uh, whether that was you know intentionally aggressive driving or just the situation Lando was in, whatever. Checo ended up in the gravel, lost six positions, I think, and showed back up in ninth. Ninth or tenth? Yeah, it was a. It was a, to be honest, he's lucky he showed back up. I was going to say the fact that he came back in at ninth, going almost traffic speed was pretty i was like oh that could have gone way worse that could have gone real bad when he went wide i was like oh his race is done like oh he's still in the points he's still in the points yeah tough race for him starting there yeah that that was the beginning of his adventures and that one like you said 
you could at least make the argument that he's the sympathetic figure there. Was yeah. it too aggressive a move? I don't know. It was certainly, yeah. it sucked to be him <laughs> at yeah, the moment. It, it, uh, of the three penalties handed out for driving, um, let's just say aggression, <laughs> it was probably, in hindsight, the most um, dubious of the three, whether it should have been a penalty or not. Got it. Um, in my opinion, and I think uh, Michael Massey, the the director, race director, and the stewards, and then some of the F1 folks after the race is, you know, Checo was ahead going into the corner, and Checo was ahead coming out of the corner. There might have been a little bit of time mid-corner when Lando managed to gain a little bit on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say that's probably Lando breaking a little too late into the corner. A little too late into the Checo. Yeah, and because Perez is ahead both into and out of the corner, the sporting rules very specifically say he has to leave space on the outside. And Lando put his outside wheels past the red and white into the green. Mm -hmm. He left, you know, a foot and a half. Yeah, he just he took his racing line as though there was no one there. Yeah. And I can understand the impulse. Yeah. Fuck you. This is my road. Yeah, it was pretty pretty great that he said he drove into the gravel himself. I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, interesting point. One of my friends uh, texted me, and he's like, if that had happened 20 years ago, the driver on the outside would have just killed him. Yeah. Like, it's they've kind of the last few years let the let some things go that they haven't, and 20 years ago, they would have both just gone off. Yeah. Like, they would have ended the other driver. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, Checo was Checo was um, living to fight another day by going off the track. There. Speaking of fighting another day for Perez, flash forward to I don't know the lap number forty something. It was about forty, the yeah. first one, and the exact same situation, except that now Checo was the overly defensive driver being passed. Yeah, <laughs> is how we'll uh, very carefully word it. But this time it was your boy Leclerc. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one was probably more egregious because Leclerc had more position than uh, Checo and had it, the first and time. The, the contact was fairly solid, <laughs> and, and that was the second point. Is che- it wasn't so much Checo just kind of leaving no room at the exit. He just put a wheel straight into the side of the Ferrari. Yeah, he had like a real need for speed kind of of Bump. defensive tactic of you know if I can put him into the wall. <laughs> He's done. Yeah, there was a good solid bump there. Um, Leclerc's radio wasn't too thrilled with the whole notion. It was not. And so that was actually the the second. So we're on the second pass between Leclerc and Perez because earlier in the race, Leclerc passed Perez after his first jaunt and uh, Perez got him back through the pit stops. Mm-hmm. So these two have had a race at this point. The first one, Leclerc, you know, did a pretty nice moving and passed him. And uh, Perez wasn't super thrilled to see that happen again. And then I guess we can fast forward another six laps or so. Um, and we'll just, we'll do it one more again. Same characters, same situation, yeah. different corner. Yeah, Leclerc, Leclerc uses the um, the hell corner as a setup for the actual pass. And uh, further down, he tries the outside again on a difference, a left sweeping corner. And again, Checo just kind of, and this one might have actually been the most egregious um, because it wasn't quite as sharp of a corner. He definitely just let the car go wide. Yeah, absolutely. If and you watch it, if you watch it like from an aerial sort of angle, it's very clear that he's not even making like a racing turn. He's just like, no. let me just put him off the course here. Yeah, he was he and and I think, you know, he took him straight off and uh Leclerc again had a pretty good. He was pretty well ahead when he did it. Like it was these were last gasp kind of desperation moves in all three cases but that one that one was probably the worst um to i'm Checo's not here credit, to defend the behavior of my beautiful mexican son i'm, I'm just, about to i'm you're gonna defend his behavior i'm gonna say that to check credit he apologized after the race and said that's not how he wants to drive sure he did it's not how he wants to drive now that he's off the course but while he was on the course it was clearly how he wanted to drive yeah he was real frustrated i i can't act like i would be any better if you know on lap three I'm kind of surprised they don't all do this, even though it's specifically against the rules. I just feel like in the heat of the moment, I would be 
bump just taking <laughs> fools out all the time. <laughs> Except in city courses where that could be really, really dangerous. Yeah. Right? More so than it already objectively is. <laughs> yeah, that one, um, LeClaire was pretty mad. And, and I think LeClaire should be mad because I think what he finished eighth. He probably could have pulled out fifth without either one of those, but he had to really exert a lot of effort to get around Perez. And after he wasn't able to do it the second time, it was kind of like, well, the tires are shot, the race is shot, and uh, they let uh, Carlos go. So on flash forward tires. to like, I don't know, six hours later. And even though it was the weekend, I had to do a little bit of work for my actual job. It turns out FNG1 doesn't pay very well. Yeah. It pays so far for me like negative $200. <laughs> um, but so I, I logged on to work and I just pulled up Netflix and just to have something on in the background while I was yep. working. And the thing that popped up was Drive to Survive. And I was like, yeah, I just hit play. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, because my daughter keeps requesting it, the episode that is always queued up on Drive to Survive is the episode where, uh, was it Saudi Arabia, where Checo went from dead last 20th place to win the race? That was at Bahrain. That was the weird Bahrain Bahrain race last year. Yeah. Well, she loves that one because Checo's her driver. He was in the pink car and it's all about Checo and that really mm-hmm. cool race. And she loves it. So we had watched that and then stopped it when the race was over because I made her go to bed or whatever. And that was mm-hmm. a, probably months ago, the last time that I turned this on. So then when I hit play, it literally cues up immediately to the scene where Leclerc comes by to apologize to Checo after that race. <laughs> For taking him off the course. Yeah, Leclerc blew and that, that quarter and took everybody And that was particularly funny to me that it just happened to be queued up to that after the events of this past race. Yeah, those two have a lot of um, post-race um, conversations because it they had it like cleared it. up. They had it cleared up by the time they were interviewed. They were like, yeah, we talked and we'll just put this behind us. It was a dumb day. It was a dumb day. I would like to thank, uh, since, since Sergio, for various reasons that were his within his control and were not, was not really an effective driver two for the Red Bull strategy today. I would yeah. like to thank Red Bull driver number three, Lando Norris, for holding <laughs> off Hamilton for 20 laps. <laughs> yeah. And somewhere in there, I don't know if it was before or after that, Hamilton ended up damaging his car. He did. He What did he pick up some debris and it knocked off a piece of his car? Yeah, he broke a piece of the barge board or the, the floor of the car. And, and they said it was about half a second a lap it was costing them because he was dropping like a rock there at the end. Yeah, he was not doing great. And he was that type of Hamilton frustrated where he's really just like dejected. Yeah. He's not mad at anyone. He just sort of broods in his car and he's silent. <laughs> yeah, he, he's... He's a very, uh, very serious and has a lot of feelings. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like he's just driving along listening to The Cure. Or Dashboard or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's turned off his team radio. <laughs> <laughs> In fourth place, having, In by most place, accounts, a great just race. Just miserable. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Botas had a pretty good race. Botas had a pretty good race. Norris had a pretty good race. He was frustrated Norris. with it. Norris had a stellar race. He had a great race. He was, Nor- and it's Nor- it's good that he was frustrated by the penalties and stuff because he wanted more, and that's yeah. good because he was in it. Yeah, I mean, in theory, Botas really kind of put some distance between them at the end. I think, but yeah, I think he, yeah, I think Botas was catching him and, and without or pulling away from it. And I think without he he was claiming that you know he would have had second without the penalty. I was like, yeah, but Botas also wasn't under the gun to pass you, which he would have been had you not had the penalty. So it was probably a wash. I think going into the race or going in after qualifying, their best hope was fifth, right? Mm -hmm. And he managed to at least make the best hope fourth by eliminating one of those four cars um, very quickly. Strategically. And then then nature took its course um, with deleting Hamilton from that conversation. So yeah, third's a great race for them. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's fast. He's that car is that car is really fast. They've done a bunch of upgrades. 
that car is really, really fast. It's really, really fast on fast tracks. So, you know, straights and fast corners. And he's narrowed the gap for third in the driver's championship is now three points between him and Checo. Wow. That's a pretty tight race right there. Yeah, he's going quick. Um, We'll see how it falls towards the end because Checo is in the fastest car that they're still developing and he's getting more comfortable this race. He is, but he is also still somewhat an agent of chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's his, that's his job. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ricardo awful qualifying again, but he did pretty well and got up into the points. I think he survived a couple of last ditch attacks by Leclerc. I think Leclerc probably could have passed him had some, other events that we've already covered. Don't know what happened. you're talking about. Signs got by him pretty handily, but still, that's good for Ricardo because he's had a really bad S- run. Signs also had himself quite a race. He did a good yeah. job. All right, all right. The Spanish boy is uh, he's very consistent. Yes. No. Well, now, now on the, yeah. on the street courses, he was not. But yeah. Now he seems to be back in his element. Yeah. I guess we didn't really cover the Ferraris. Didn't qualify all that well. They did not. But it was kind of a strategic choice. So Leclerc said that they weren't even really planning to get to Q3. Well, good news. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they basically said we we're getting through on mediums or nothing. And I, I think that makes sense uh, over the last couple of races. If you've looked at Ferrari's wonderful tire tire outcomes that they had to get through on mediums, getting through on softs was useless. And if you look at the finishing, you know, all the drivers who got through on softs, Gasly, Sonoda, Stroll were all on soft tires and Gasly was the only one that scored a point. So yes. getting through on soft tires was basically a death wish. So it was better to go through on mediums or not at all because if you come through in Q2, you get to choose whatever you want. So that's what Signs did, chose the hard and turned it into a fifth place. So Th- This to me was the Formula One equivalent of in football screaming at the refs to let them play. Are you, this, oh, with the penalties? This race was... By my count, and this was, I may have missed a few, but we've covered the three times that people received a penalty for forcing a driver off the road. Yes. Uh, We had two warnings for drivers exceeding track limits, just warnings, no penalties. Mm -hmm. Uh, One penalty for passing under a yellow flag and two penalties for crossing the pit line late. Mm. Beautiful. I believe both of those were Tsunoda, weren't they? (laughs) Both of them were Sonoda. Did he maybe not know where the pit lane was? I mean, I do that where like, you're like, oh shit, I got to exit now. And you just, it's a solid white line, but let's all be honest. You do it. I have a theory now that Sonoda might be as bad as Nikita Mazepin. (laughs) We just don't notice because he's in a much, much better car and it doesn't spin as easily. (laughs) Okay. That's fair. So I, I don't, we'll see if this plays out, but between the, like those two, like the amount of dumb stuff that's done regularly it's really high, and I I don't really think Sonoda's that good. Uh, that's kind of my my theory. But yeah, I'll tell you uh, what though, he brings to the equation something that a lot of F one drivers do not. Chaos. Well, yes, but also a glorious head of hair. Oh yeah, I saw a photo of him finally with no helmet on and no hat because you know mm-hmm. F one drivers seem to be behatted a lot of the time. Yep. And his head is larger without the helmet than with it. Yeah, he's got a big old puff of hair up top. And it's huge. It's massive. Yeah. It, it easily adds four inches of height. Well, yeah, he's got a, He's trying to make sure he can get on all the rides. He's <laughs> <laughs> 5'2", man. He must be 5'5 five five to drive this car. So I, I, You know, and maybe he shouldn't. Maybe he should be in uh, junior. <laughs> maybe he should be in karting. You go back and see if you can grow a little. Yeah. So you, uh, you said this is the uh, the the F one equivalent of let them race. Um, yeah, the penalties getting handed out. That's something. You know, going back to the racing penalties, I, I saw a lot of folks say that they wanted to see what good hard racing, or it's kind of a bummer that the penalties come in. And the alternate view that I want to give to those three things is. You were essentially denied a some great passes and b great continued fights on the track by the defending driver doing those moves, right? 
Like you weren't getting. I understand this. what you're saying, and from a pure entertainment standpoint, I'm not sure that I agree okay. that that's a trade-off. If you want to see folks get knocked off the track, yeah, I agree. But but <laughs> from the point of seeing like good racing, <laughs> if you have to leave a little bit of space on the outside, it's going to open up a lot more kind of competitive driving. If you can just sh- slam the door shut, regardless of your whether you're in front or not, if you're leading into the corner. You could do it, but the opposite would also be true is what if Perez is, you know, kind of leading into the corner and takes the apex away, right? And just annihilates Lando on the inside Mm -hmm. or they both just crash, right? (laughs) I mean, but go, go on. But the point was, is they talked about like, you know, Perez should have never gone to the outside, but Lando also seated the outside by trying to define or defend inside. So it's a little bit of a double standard for him to say, I'm going to try to defend inside, but also just defend to the outside. Right. And so I think by the, the you know, the stewards acting. you, make the car a mile wide. Yeah, well, that's why they have a lot of rules that we haven't really gotten into here about, you know, moving under braking or double moves down the straights. But we've never had to really discuss those in depth. No, yet, we talked about double moves last season. A little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the way I, I was looking at it is, you know, okay, yeah, you did get to see guys go off. And I think LeClaire was able to battle back and bring it a second time. But uh, you would have had a hell of a fight ongoing between Lando and Perez had right. Lando just not decided to end it and put it off. Such is life. Yeah. I, I, I'm easy to be, it's easy for me to be pretty stoic about it, given uh, the standings right now. I'll just... Yep. I'll just be fine with whatever. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. The leads, the leads have extended. uh, So I'm good. Yeah. You don't have to get too, too upset. Uh, If that was Verstappen or something like that, there might be more. Yeah. He would have probably just killed Morris though. Yeah. He probably would have just made sure neither of them finished. (laughs) But yeah. So yeah, McLaren, they're doing a lot better. I think Ricardo, I I was asked a question by, and I think we'll just address it now by uh, at Rhino Ag. Um, big Danny Rick fan. And I think we have several Danny Rick fans um, in our listenership. Mm-hmm. But uh, while he's doing better, why is there still a discrepancy between uh, Ricardo's qualifying and his race performance? And I, I think I would just put that down to he's still not comfortable with the car and he's not able to extract that kind of that 105% or whatever, you know, that, that last little bit in, um, qualifying which is what you need to do because he wasn't able to get through q2 even on soft tires right but he Mm -hmm. is still fast enough to manage a race and he can still you know make the passes and things like that he's just not able to get the last little bit out of the car so that's why he's not up there because that car probably should be up there battling at least a little bit with the the, uh, mercedes and at least one of the red bulls right now and he's not right he got passed up by perez pretty quickly and um but he is able to turn, take a very, very good car and still get points out of it. So I think that's just what it is. He's still not comfortable. So how do we, uh, how do we feel about the contract extension for Ocon? I mean, as Aggies, we should know exactly what's going on here. <laughs> we'll he got pay. a few good wins in a row, had a low-level bowl win. Going to extend him. Let's extend him with a massive contract. Four and eight. That's what he got the next four races. <laughs> Yeah, he's been going four and eight for a few weeks in a row here. God, I don't even know if he's four and eight. This this week might have been a nice like this two and one, ten. I mean, the only argument you could make on this one is, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have ended up with your car in the location it was in. But if you watch it from several angles, I don't know what he possibly could have done to stop oh. them from smashing into him. Oh, no, he got screwed in the race, but he also qualified 17th. Yeah. That's not great. And I know Alonzo was only in 14th, but he kind of got screwed in qualifying by yes, he did. <laughs> slow traffic. And he would have probably been top 10. He thinks he would have been like P3. But Yeah, he said know, we were top I don't three, of course. Yeah, he's, sure. a, he's an F1 driver. They all say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm only hoping the, good, the best thing with Alonzo is a few more races of him getting screwed. We'll get, we'll get peak Alonzo uh, when he gets real whiny. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Raikkonen had a, a no, another race where I would have forgotten he existed until he oh. was involved in a late race incident. <laughs> I think Max was already done at that point. 
That seems to be his MO, though, is to make me forget he exists until, like, the last three laps when something crazy happens to him. Yeah, Max was already done yeah. at that point. And he hit Vettel, like, just out of nowhere. This <laughs> continues to beg the question, like, what? why is he doing this? I guess he's getting a paycheck. I guess so. Because he's just driving around for, like, an hour and a half and then, like, does something absolutely stupid. He's still very good. He's still better than his teammate on pure talent. But, like, I don't know. He's just kind of there. He just, he just checks out sometimes. Yeah. It's just getting a paycheck. Williams, uh, Russell. God You feel a little heartbroken for George Russell. He had a great qualifying. He yeah. qualified P9 in the Williams car. On mediums. He drove the piss out of that car. He qualified on mediums. He was one of five drivers to get through on mediums. And then he was still P10 for so long and then got passed by Alonzo with like five laps to go. I didn't think it was that many. Was it not that many? I think it was oh, even later. So close to getting it. It might have been the last lap. Damn. Yeah. Alonzo said he felt bad. I mean, yeah, you kind of do. Williams was going to get their first point of the season. And, and I think this episode's really come full circle because you brought up the Drive to Survive Bahrain race. And that was the one where Russell was <laughs> leading in the Mercedes and had like a whole slew of absolutely like awful things happen to him. Yeah, I hope that he eventually gets a drive in a car that where he's not cursed. That would be cool to see him like just get to compete without some sort of grim specter overhanging him. Let's go ahead and actually look at he's done this in two cars and was cursed both times. Yeah. So the where car does he not have cursed. to go? The oh, car you're is saying not cursed. it's well it's okay, so you're suggesting that he himself is cursed, that there's he nowhere the he can go. Yeah. And guess where he could go next year? Mercedes, right? Yeah. I mean, it would have to be Bottas that leaves. Yeah. Well, yeah, Hamilton just signed an extension. Yeah. Lucky us. Yeah. Woo. Uh, well, we need this curse. So, Russell, whatever, like, dark aura you have falling around, just take you, <laughs> take it with you. <laughs> just bring it to Mercedes. That second Mercedes seat already kind of has that, too. And suddenly Ferrari's back on top. And yeah. you know what? On that note, let's talk about Ephanon. So for people who uh, are just catching up this season, we have started a segment, Ephanon, where we explore the conspiracy theories behind Formula One. What's the game going on behind the game? Uh once again, we have not codified all of this and written it down, and it's already gotten pretty. We're in the ninth episode. It's gotten, and I've, we've only done this for like six episodes. It's gotten quite convoluted already. Yes. What we know, Ferrari, probably the puppet masters behind it all, the deep state, if you will. Bottas is one of the prime players working to undermine mercedes from the inside because the overall goal is to take down mercedes which is working so far this season and the other thing that we have established that i think we can speak to immediately is that we've established that no one knows where perez's loyalties lie i think that's going to be an important point for today i, I feel like it is because last uh week we established that while ferrari was working with red bull to take down mercedes they Ferrari also wanted to remind Red Bull that they that they were the ones who were really in control by taking out Gasly, right? Yes. In the in the Red Bull Junior team, if you will. Yeah. And so today we had reprisal where Red Bull took out Ferrari not once but twice to let them know that hey, we're still a part of this and you need us. Well, I see, I'm, I think there might be a slightly different angle here. Tell it. Lay it on me. Perez is our independent nation. Could be <laughs> set off by anything. And everything. Last week, Mercedes, via uh, acting on behalf of Ferrari, sent a message to McLaren when Botas nearly put his car into their pit. That's right. And then, so, McLaren cleverly sets off the independent actor, Perez. Turns him into a, a splinter cell. It's just acting. I see. Acting so out. Lando took out Perez in order to activate him as an agent of chaos. Yes. 
And then he directed that agent of chaos at Ferrari's. So it went exactly boy. as McLaren hoped because McLaren is still competing with Ferrari in a more direct fashion. Yes. For number three in the constructors championship. And while signs is very good, Leclerc is the one that is the one they want to get rid of. And you know what? Last week, Mercedes hacked Bottas's computer and caused him to spit out, spin out in pit lane to let him know that they knew what he was up to. And so this week, Bottas decided to make good and say, no, I'm still a part of this team. He's not. But he wanted them to think he was. So he went ahead and took second. And when they told him not to race Hamilton, he didn't for a little while. (laughs) For a little while. For a little while until they told him, okay, go ahead and race Hamilton. (laughs) Because Hamilton was dying and we need the points. And I don't know who broke Hamilton's car, but we'll just assume that's tied in here. No, tell me who broke Hamilton's car. Austria broke Hamilton's car. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. It is the Red Bull ring. Did they, do they have some sort of, I mean, I didn't see the high speed camera. Do they have caltrops out on the, the course or when he went over the curb, did one of those severe tire damage things pop up briefly under his car? Took him out. Broke his car. Yep, well, they be. were trying to take his tire out, but he's too wily for them. He is a very good driver, and he managed to avoid the tire and just took out some of his aerodynamics. Yeah. Makes Damn, sense. he's good. He's good. He's hard to take down. Okay, well, that's this week's Effin <laughs> Our Our moody boy is hard to get yes. with Effin <laughs> He doesn't have time for all that bullshit. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you which driver said this. This is where I... Try and find a piece of uh, driver radio and quiz Sean to see if he knows who is speaking. Uh, this week's which driver said this, I think, is a is a slow one over the plate. I'm going to cut off the last bit of it because it gives it away completely. <laughs> uh, the audio is, I did the best I could. And the response was, okay, mate, I hope you're sitting down. I have no idea. That is the end of qualifying where the race engineer announced to Norris that he had qualified P2. Oh, nice. Good on our 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 small English child. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good qualifying. That's pretty think, cool to get P2 when you're only 12 years old. Yeah. I think he's a uh, he's feeling himself at the moment, so we'll see how how this goes. Yeah, he's it's getting probably, cocky too. I kind of like It's probably it. <laughs> good, it's probably a big heat check coming at some point. <laughs> <laughs> probably but you know for the time being you ride that crazy train man yeah because he was like you know he's filled himself in the the post-race press conference and everything so we'll, oh we'll yeah see. he's quite impressed with himself i really wish he he would do this to max you you want him to be the one that takes max out no i want him to try max oh okay <laughs> there's your heat check like <laughs> <laughs> i mean he was right behind max on the grid that didn't really turn into anything. Yeah, by corner two, Max was like, yeah, a like good a full two or second three seconds. <laughs> he was gone. There was there was never even the slightest hint of a challenge. Although I got to say, Norris got a pretty good start too. Yeah, um, he had a good reaction there. His uh, his defense though definitely kept Perez and both Mercedes somehow behind him because they had the onboard from Hamilton and Botas, and he was just going back and forth trying to deal with Perez mm-hmm. and then kind of got lucky that he also got the Mercedes backing each other up rather than one of them going around. Right. Him. He was <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty frantically defending that, but he did keep them all behind for a good while. Oh man. And he's going to be racing for 40 more years. So yeah, good on him. Okay. Let's talk under investigation. This is where I ask Sean, uh, as our expert, to explain to me something about Formula One and its many, many rules that I don't understand. Uh, its rules and intricacies. And this one, a little bit of a just sort of change of pace. Tell me what are, in a general sense, let's not get too, too deep into this because it could be a whole episode and maybe it will be later. What are going to be the rule changes for 2022? Oh, wow. Uh, Because it is... Now, let me explain to you what I do know. I do know that once every years, (laughs) you can fill in that blank, they basically change a substantial number of the rules to the point of redesigning the cars. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a complete overhaul, and it is my understanding that 2021 was originally supposed to be the year that we had new cars, but because of COVID and all that, they postponed it by a year, right? Yeah. So now, next year, we'll have all new cars. Yep. What's going to be different about these cars? Are they going to be running on hydrogen or nuclear rods? Yeah, so... Uh, Will they um, be entirely electric like Formula E? No. Um, so I guess are we'll they going to be giant honking V8 engines that are made exclusively out of iron? That so you're getting close, actually. Um, so I'll actually start with the power unit because four of your five things were about the power unit. There, most of the rule sets for the engine and the hybrid system, the power unit, when you're talking about in totality, is not changing. There is some changes to metallurgy, I think, for the engine components, which is supposed to be more readily available materials, i.e. less um, exotic materials used for the engines. However, I think generally the engine design, the turbo design, and the hybrid design are the same. The next big engine change or power unit um, design spec change is 2026. Okay. Um, and, so they and just with, have to make them about out of more normal things. What kind of weird things are they currently using? I honestly couldn't tell you, but magnesium, it's... Magnesium, uh, maybe? Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, definitely magnesium. It's probably magnesium, aluminum in places. Um, but it just gets expensive. Magnesium specifically, a lot of titanium, um, probably exotic exotic alloys, too, is where the, the money really starts racking up and, and the engineering starts racking up. So what I understand with the power units, less exotic metallurgy, but generally the same design. There might be some changes with, you know, minor changes with how the MGUK and um, works, but I don't so think there's big changes there. still six-cylinder hybrids. Yeah. Okay. Turbocharged six-cylinder hybrids. Cool. Yep. So, they'll, um, so the sound of the cars is unlikely to change. Yeah, the, from what I understand, that shouldn't change dramatically. Now, aesthetically, visually, the cars are going to change dramatically. So there's a lot of new They're going to look like uh, Chevy Monte Carlos? Well, okay, not that dramatically. They're going to look like <laughs> F1 cars. So w currently, the bottom of the cars are generally flat. They don't, they don't, they're staying away from things called ground effects or aerodynamics that are specifically designed to basically create suction to the ground and things like... Um, uh, wind tunnels in the bottom of the car so you'll see this on on street cars if you look at the back of like performance street cars you'll kind of see like a you know upward sloping aerodynamic element coming from the bottom um, some really nice sports cars will have it actually coming up from the bottom and then through the body somewhere so we're going to be those have been outlawed for a long time now we're moving back to allowing ground effects and these kind of wind tunnels or or vortex generators through the car as why part have of they been outlawed um basically because it made the cars too fast but they were then, too awesome yeah it was too awesome but the problem was is then they got really good at designing the exterior arrow so the the front wing the rear wing all the stuff going on on the side all those just you know there's bits and bobs of carbon fiber sticking off everywhere they've gotten very good on that the problem with the design of the cars now with the really complex front wings and the rear wings is it makes it really hard. The cars are very sensitive to having the downforce um, and the airflow provided by that. And so when the cars get close to each other, because the car in front is designed to manipulate the air that's most advantageous for it, it creates a massive wake and the car behind doesn't get the performance it needs aerodynamically. And so it's really hard to follow in Formula One. Right. We always hear about, oh, he's been, you know, within a second for several laps, hasn't been able to get past and they back off because they need to a cool the car. Once you get closer, it gets a little bit harder to control in the corners. So your front tire starts or your tires start slipping. It starts destroying the tires. It's hard to follow in modern Formula One. So one of the things they're doing with the new design is by allowing ground effects and these these uh, tunnels through the car is they're simplifying the other aerodynamic elements. And it's supposed to make the cars considerably better at following, which basically leads to more, more wheel to wheel crashes. type racing <laughs> well hopefully not crashes but more <laughs> wheel to wheel racing more passing more um um you know drivers in close close proximity to each other you know trying to put passes on and things like that yeah more so, crashes yeah so that's what you'll you'll generally see i'm sure there's um the biggest changes are there uh, obviously the change from 15 inch wheels to 18 inch wheels um you'll see um 
But yeah, that's the big thing. It's just a whole new chassis and aerodynamic design. Are they going to require white rims like AlphaTauri has? Because they're badass. I think that's AlphaTauri's probably got that uh, patented. Oh, it's <laughs> they've got it on lockdown. <laughs> yeah, trademark. Uh huh. Home of the white wheels. <laughs> and Yuki Tsunoda. And Yuki. Well, maybe not next year. <laughs> Temporary home of both our, of their both of their contracts in this year of our wandering Japanese lunatic Yuki, Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> yeah, since uh, since Red Bull and uh, AlphaTauri don't need Honda engines quite as badly, it may be less interesting to have a Honda funded driver. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't put that together until you just said that. Yep. <laughs> nice. Okay. Oh, it's not going to say Honda on the back of those wings anymore, is it? I'll say Red Bull. Cool. I'm down with that. Yeah. That Honda but does yeah. look good. You know what I what I will miss when Honda is gone? Currently on the front of the Red Bull cars, you know, it's painted the orange and yellow sunburst yep. on the front. Mm-hmm. And the Honda logo is right there on the nose. Yeah. And when it's moving quickly with the right camera angle, it looks like an angry emoji. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a like an aggressive frowny face of a so concentrating bad. driver, and it's really perfect for the car. And yeah. now it's just going to be another Red Bull logo or some other nonsense. That's where we're going to put our FNG1 logo when we sponsor Red Bull next year. Yes. Everyone join us on our Patreon that doesn't exist yet for us to become a Red Bull sponsor. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. Please uh, donate as much as you can to that Patreon. If you'll notice in the fine print, it does say that if we can't afford a sponsorship, we're just going to keep your money. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I just want to get that out there ahead of time. But please definitely do donate. Uh, We're going to need a lot of money. So hopefully some of y'all are independently wealthy. Uh, Maybe maybe, uh, you are a former F1 driver who just listens for shits and grins. Didn't we when? decide that one of the drivers listens to this? Who was that? Botas. Was it Botas listens? Yeah. <laughs> Botas, would you like to be a sponsor of Red Bull in the weirdest <laughs> thing that you could possibly do right now? Lance Stroll's dad. We will be nice from now on. <laughs> yes. you will. We will actually rename this to the Aston Martin pa- podcast. The Lance Stroll Power Hour. We are willing to sell ourselves greatly. <laughs> Well, well, we will talk nothing. I will delete all previous references to Lance Stroll because there aren't any positive ones. No, that's <laughs> no, not you true. gave him driver that's, of the day. I a gave him weeks driver ago. of the day, the week ones. See, Mr. See? Stroll, we will we will feature that episode as our as our front page. That's our splash page. The foremost fans of your son. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the next race. We're heading to. Like, England. Like the birthplace of Formula One. Not yeah. really the birthplace, but like the home. Yeah. It's the home. Like seven of the ten teams are located right around this area. Yeah. Mercedes is just down the road, right? Yeah. And uh Lando Where, and Haas has got a an office there. There. Mercedes engine and well, the whole Mercedes setup. Um Red Bull's got part of the team there. I think the whole factory might be there. I'm trying to think. Aston Martin's certainly there. Thank Williams you again to um, Drive to Survive for making me aware. I don't know how long it would have been before I figured this out if it weren't for that show <laughs> that uh, Christian Horner is married to Ginger Spice. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a wild thing for me to just discover while I was like watching that girl. show about racing when it, when they were getting in the helicopter and he was yeah. like, you're going to be late for your own show. And I was like, her own show? Who is this person? It's Ginger Spice, man. It's Ginger Spice, and she's still, like, still doing her thing. It's like the lead Spice. Yeah, she was the best one. Not that I know anything about the Spice Girls, but I'm going to say she was the best one because she's married to Christian Horner. I mean, the other one's married to David Beckham. That's pretty good, too. That's a good poll. Yeah. What about the rest of them? How many were no there? No idea. No idea. Uh, I'm going to need everybody to tweet at FNG1Pod and tell me what the various Spice Girls are up to right now and if any of them are involved in Formula One, uh, even, even tangentially. That's, this is important, and we will da- report on this next week. David Beckham, you can also sponsor this podcast. And we'll get David Beckham. We will get your name written on the side of the Aston Martin car. Yeah, yeah. It'll just be the, the green Dave, David Beckham car. 
And and uh, when Lance Stroll puts it into the wall and the wing flips over, it'll say "Bend it like Beckham" on the underside of it. <laughs> uh, oh no! Wait, Lance Stroll's dad probably heard me say that. We mean Vettel. <laughs> yes, Vettel would. Vettel will do that. Your son would never. Your do son that. is flawless. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, British Grand Prix. I think the the most exciting part. I mean, obviously. It'll be interesting because this is the first uh, change of format race. Um, so this weekend or this race, Formula One's introducing what's called sprint qualifying. Oh, that's right. You have to tell me what this is. I don't even know how long it is. Is it 30 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it is? It's some two shortened day, version. Two days. Yeah. It's some shortened version of a race. So what they're going to do is Friday morning, they're going to have free practice one like normal. Friday afternoon, they're going to have a qualifying session for the sprint race. Saturday morning, we'll have the second practice session. And then Saturday afternoon, we will have some short race. And I forget how many laps are at 50%. But basically, it's fast enough that they don't have to stop for tires. Okay. So, and they're just going to be, and they're not going to be trying to conserve tires. They're basically just going to be going balls to the wall for that whole time. However, they finish in that race sets the order for the full race on Sunday. So they qualify on Friday for the mini race on Saturday, which will be qualifying for the main race on Sunday. Yes. Why is this necessary? Because that seems like a lot. So Formula 2 does this. And it's just a, well, A, you could probably cynically say it's a money grab, but B, it's a way to spice up the weekend so you can see a little ginger bit more spice up the weekend yeah ginger spice up the weekend f and g1 brought to you by the spice girls i'll tell um, you what i want what i really really want sprint qualifying <laughs> one sprint qualifying a lot of people haven't heard the uh, special director's cut of that song but uh, it's, it's actually 19 minutes long yeah so this will help teams or drivers that are struggling with qualifying <laughs> ricardo like we talked about earlier um he may be able to qualify better for the race over this thing. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. It might be fun. It might be bad. They're going to do it three times this year, and I'm guessing that that will decide whether this is a thing that we do going forward or not. It'll be fun, and it'll be different. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I am excited to see this until it negatively impacts Red Bull in any way, and then I'm going to be vehemently against it. <laughs> Lando crashes into both Perez and Verstappen, and they all start at the back. <laughs> Next episode, oh will be no, lit. that could happen. Yes, it could. Son of a bitch! Nothing yep. good can come from this. I just decided. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they actually are aggressive or if it's pretty protected. You know, I, I am now officially. I find myself in a position that I am not normally in in my sports fandom, where my team is on top, and so I want no changes to anything. Yeah, this is going fine. Don't actually, I don't yeah. want this to change at all. Please stop fixing what is what ain't broke. Yep. So I, I think the other part about uh, the British Grand Prix, we were asked by RL Alexander Twelve about which remaining track should provide Mercedes at least some anticipated advantage over Red Bull, or is and are there enough tracks that could basically help flip this, or are we done? My point of view is that if Mercedes doesn't beat red bull at the british grand prix the season's over that's a hot take right there they should have an advantage they're at home you know it's lewis's home track he drives really well here um it should favor them and if they can't sort this out and get on top of it i don't know when they will um there Next are other tra- is what you're saying basically there are other tracks where mercedes may have some advantage i would say potentially spa potentially Monza, Russia for sure, the USGP, um, Mercedes should have a pretty good advantage at, and maybe Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi. But those would be the ones I'd look for. But I think your your barometer for the season is probably this, this next race. That's the kind of hot take that I've been looking for, for from you. I am, I'm super into this. Yeah, I just can't see if they can't, I, they could potentially lose, but I need Lewis to lose by two or three seconds. If Max wins by 10, 15 seconds, pff, it's done. That's you really would have something. to have you would have to have something like Max gets hurt and doesn't finish the season. And tweet, I have just tweeted out what you said to the world, <laughs> and and tagged any number of accounts that you probably oh, man, don't want to be involved buzzed. in. So congratulations. <laughs> 
Um, oh wow, I'm gonna get yeah harassed. You're, you're online. in trouble. <laughs> I I think I just uh, online bullied you. Oh man, the Hamilton super fans are gonna find me. Yep, <laughs> they're all excited that Lando's doing well, so they're confused at the moment. I understand. He is wonderful. I like Lando because he's the same age as my nephew. <laughs> I assume without looking. <laughs> I think that's our episode. I think so. Is that our episode? Feels pretty right. That feels solid. Much like Kimi Raikkonen, we're just kind of going to get lazy at the end of this. I I used up a lot of opinions today. (laughs) Okay, good. Yeah, you've you've got your hot take quotient for the week. I'm going to have to go out there and say something really crazy soon to catch up. I called for a heat check on Lando. I defended (laughs) all the penalties. I said that Mercedes' season is over. If Man, I hope in. this is a lot of people's first episode to listen to. I said Sonoda's as bad as Mazepin. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You've been on fire today. And Ocon was the equivalent of going 2 and 10. So. Are, you, are you drunk? You can tell me. I'll cut it out. No, I am not, actually. Damn. Just drunk on F1, baby. Just, <laughs> just drunk on points, baby. Yeah, Ferrari starts finishing top 10. You get all antsy in your pantsy. <laughs> But this is all about next year. I'm going to be so disappointed if they're not good next year. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at FNG1Pod. And I am at DefNotChuck. And Sean is at Sean underscore leg with two Gs. Thank you again to Chris King for our theme music. The track is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulls. Go find him on Twitter at Artificial Chris and download all of his music and pay him for it because he's awesome. Uh, Thank you again to RCBO5 for our album art. And we will see you again in how many weeks is it till this race? Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Crazy qualifying. Uh, You'll hear all of my hot takes about how horrible the qualifying is. Should anything go wrong for Red Bull this week, I will assume that it was the qualifying that was the problem. (laughs) Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care. Bye, folks. I like the idea of Hamilton jumping into a big money bin full of trophies, and they're all sharp and pointy. It's really unplay. It's grisly every time he does it. That's like his walking on water. He just walks over his pointy trophy (laughs) lake. Ah!